Games Workshop's Basement, hosted by John Cardell, Danny McDevitt, Val Heffelfinger. I'm Dickie, and it's Green After Dark. This seems like a, a narrative choice. Oh. Hey, welcome to Grim After Dark, Warhammer 40,000's only late night show for some reason. My name is John. I'm here to misinform and entertain as we talk about the goings-on over the last week in the world of Warhammer. And this week, we talk about last weekend's biggest ever LVO, the reveals, the tournaments. I was going to say the law, but that's really all there was that happened. Uh, we follow up with Games Workshop and their war against scalpers, and we go around the net and find the worst Warhammer internet uh, the internet has to offer. Oh. And, guys, we have a brand new game to cap off our show. Oh, no. oh. Two for two <laughs> for good games. Oh, um, First, if you enjoy what you see or what you listen to, you can support us by liking or subscribing wherever we'll let you. And if you're able to, throw a couple of dollars our way by becoming a member on YouTube or commenting below with answers to this question. When did you first start narratively running a monolith as part of your lists? Uh, but before we go on, let's make the, meet the team who make it all possible. First up, he's a co-host with the co-most. He's our competitive 40K champion all the way from Moscow, Idaho. Is Daniel J. McDevitt Esquire the third? Oh, thanks, John. And he's the beautiful face of everything square based. He's a fantasy enthusiast and a casual 40k enjoyer. It's Val Haffelfinger. Hey, everybody. What's going on? We're doing prop humor now, John. Oh, yep. <laughs> we have going here. that low. <laughs> we are weird. That low basically because the man behind the curtain, he, put, he puts the kuchuchu on Kanada. Oh. It's superstar producer, Tech Priest Dickie. Always right. I'm always right. You're always right. Uh, right about not doing stuff on time. No, I'm kidding. Hey, this week we don't have a comment of a week because I got so focused on uh, reformatting my script and mm -hmm. moving the slideshow around a little bit. I forgot. Nice. Um, but we'll just choose one uh, from chat right now. Mm -hmm. Comment of the week brought to you by Frontline Gaming, who are all sleeping uh, at a rest stop somewhere between uh, the Rio and their their office. Um, it's like an hour nerds. away. <laughs> Thanks, Grilled Pickle, for that. Uh, let's move on to some patented, normal-timed, not at all overly loud state of oh, play. <laughs> Layers. Layers. Layers are hard. Prop comedy and inside jokes. Uh, fantastic. That's, I like that's what that you can expect out of us, because like that's what we're willing to give. <laughs> <laughs> Was it someone on our, our Grim Court earlier today shared like a clip of like another YouTube show uh, that has <laughs> a similar pattern uh, to us? And oh. uh, executive producer Nick Horton was like, uh, if they say they're a late night comedy show, we have grounds to sue um, if they're too funny. And I'm like, well, we don't if they're funny because then they're nothing like us. Uh, but. Danny, I'm sorry. You look like you want to advise me well, as an official John, lawyer. Ed, yeah, look, this isn't technically count as legal advice, but like Absolutely. what I really Absolutely would like to advice. say is that, yeah, um, I, I think it's important that we uh, that we really take a look at what content they're producing and make sure that they're not copying our segments. I don't want them like playing games or doing anything fun on their show. Not like this one. <laughs> Or or playing uh, their interstitials very loudly and uh, on fast forward. Right. I mean yeah. that. I mean that is that's, us. that's a trademark. <laughs> okay. Also, oh my god, I dropped it now. Oh, and prop comedy. If they no do that, prop comedy. <laughs> do you know how hard it is to do prop comedy using Necrons on a green screen? Look at this. Yeah, it goes right through. 
Great one might say you shouldn't do it. <laughs> Someone asked if it was a glory hole, John. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is. But only if you leave a like 20 inch gap in your back line, then it's going to dump right on in there. <laughs> but don't worry. You, as long as you don't make that mistake at the top of the very biggest tournament in Warhammer, you'll be fine. Uh, but welcome to City Play. This is a segment where we catch up with what's gone down in Warhammer in the last week. And this week, we're going to discuss the goings-on of the annual Fabulapalooza. Can't believe I wrote that. Straight from the Rio in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Can't believe I wrote that more. Uh, Games Workshop fights scalpers head-on, and we have a brand new 40k model or two coming our way in the next few months. But first, the annual mega tournament, the Las Vegas Open, happened last weekend. Uh, and Warhammer is so big and Twitter's algorithm is so awful that when searching for information and comments on this, uh, this next guy came up as my first choice. Oh. Hmm. And that's telling us that Fallon Sherrock uh, had sealed a return to Lakeside by winning the 2024 Las Vegas, uh, Las Vegas <laughs> Open. Uh, guys, aside from the fact it's a happy-looking woman, uh, what was your clue that this wasn't for the Warhammer Las Vegas Open? Besides the happy-looking woman? Yeah. I mean, they've got, she's got a cheesy, faux, athletic uh, zip-up on, uh, made from some sort of uh, sweat-wicking fabric that's never needed to wick sweat. Um, that could just be a Team Canada jersey. I mean, she is. She's sponsored. I mean, that's maybe yeah, a tell. Lots of sponsors on there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, none of those look like real companies. So, I mean, none of this is really jumping out at me as not 40K. Um, again, aside from the happy woman part. What about the darts in her hand? Do you think that throws her, throws it off? It depends. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows, okay. dude? It's who, who even knows? Uh, what were the chances uh, that there were two events called the Las Vegas Open in the same weekend in such a small, quiet town like Las Vegas, Nevada? John, the, the answer to that is near zero. Um, mm -hmm. It's uh, it's kind of a frontline gaming trademarked only event. Like I, I thought that we were talking about uh, LVO for real, like Warhammer LVO. You know, John, have you considered that maybe she was playing a different game system at LVO? Mm. I mean, okay. Technically, your statement is like a hundred percent factual because she was playing a game system different to Warhammer. I mean, and it's it frontline gaming, not frontline Warhammer, right? Yeah. I mean, they could have they could have expanded to darts. Yeah, Val, when is Reese going to bring in professional darts to uh, the frontline gaming Las Vegas <laughs> Open? It's such yeah. a natural progression. I'd say once eighty okay. percent of the people aren't wasted. Um, Although that's also kind of again, everything's just lining up. I mean, that also works for darts. Uh, Blood thrown stretch goal, actually. <laughs> 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 oh, be sure to check out our friends at Frontline Gaming. They have a brand new cooperative board game called Blood Throne available on Kickstartering right now. Um, and if you if they reach a certain percentage, then I'm sure they will petition to add a World Series of Darts tournament to next year's LVO. <laughs> Amazing. No, no, um, John, they're going to add darts to Blood Throne, the game. Oh, um, you're going to be able to toss darts at your opponent's miniatures. That'll be they're gonna a supplement. It's not oh. in the base rules of the game. It's like, you know, Death from the Skies. Blood, oh. Thrones, Blood Thrones back, guys. They're doing it. Somebody, they got, yeah. they, they, they're above their goal. That's fantastic. Oh, that's almost cool. like a pro company uh, did it right. And they did it the mantic way of having no skin in the game <laughs> to start with. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but, 
Uh, what is the crossover appeal that we can tap between Warhammer and professional darts? Hmm. Darts very popular right now with a little uh, British man called Luke Littler. Uh, he's like 16, looks like he's 37, uh, but he's doing real well on darts. Uh, how can we kind of tap into that crossover appeal? I feel like that. Go ahead. It's the Ennis Wilson of of uh, darts, right? Oh, like, yeah. basically. I was going to say um, it's kind of the opposite of what we had going on in, at the LVL this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Luke Littler, very sad about the board state uh, during his darts match. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't like the dart boards at all. They were way too, they were way too open. <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> you can just get a dart and wherever you threw it, it was crazy. Right. Um, I know, yeah. But in wargaming news, the annual LVO was a huge success. And what I'm most excited to talk about uh, was this, which is their brand new innovation in judging uh, with the, all of the tables at LVO having QR codes for paging judges uh, to your table. Uh, which for a, like a 900 person event seems like a really good idea. Danny, you're having a happy nods. What's your thoughts on uh, page judge? As someone with a loud voice, and I often find myself yelling judge, much to the surprise and uh, staying with your parents when you're trying to eat dinner. Me, um, when I yell judge loudly to summon a judge, I, I like this. I don't have to scare anybody. I, I can feel my bowel quivering just imagining you uh, yelling judge. Um, I, my first question is, did this work? We got a lot, from what I can read, lots of positive feedback on it. Cool. Uh, That's great. The judges were happy because, again, there's been times, especially when you're at LVO and Danny, I know you've been in this situation where you're trying to get a judge to come, but is mm -hmm. the judge, uh, in my situation, is the judge really going to listen to someone table 400 uh, <laughs> and make their way like all the way down that way? I don't think so. Um, John is a Warhammer celebrity. I have no idea what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure table table four hundred is handled by a contact center in the Philippines. <laughs> I outsource the judging for those tables. <laughs> that's, that's the next year's LVO is the QR codes will actually link you to a call center in the Philippines where they'll just ask you what does it say in your rule book? Yeah. Um, or or give you a really good deal on deck cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, so, uh, well, due to the rapid aging of our judge pools, is yes. the ultimate goal in this to text your judge your question? I mean, that I feel like that's not going to work very well, but yeah, maybe. I mean, the millennials, I mean, uh, not the millennials probably would prefer that. They would rather not, they probably prefer just to text, from what I understand, with the kids. So, you know, like, uh, you know, I think that is a, that is a natural. Uh, uh, progression, maybe yeah. some like privacy screens down the center of the table, so you don't actually have to like be physically confronted by your opponent. I think that would also be handy. Yeah, there'll be a thing so you can attach a picture of your board state so they can judge on the fly, and it's just mm -hmm. Adam Sala sitting at a table, leaning on a chair, being like, "What does your book say?" I just <laughs> hope that when one of them finally does need a rascal scooter, that they just get one for everybody. You know what I mean? So that way, like, not any one in particular is called out for that. Um, you know, like not a fleet of of rascal scooter judges. Here's, I mean, that's terrifying. Here's what I want for next so year's LBO, and it's well, let's make it a blood throne uh, stretch goal. Is <laughs> a, uh, I need a rascal scooter which has a police light attached to the back of it. <laughs> So when they speed to the back tables to take care of the people in 880th. 
and 881st. Like their knockout brawl where it's just the worst experience because of course it is. They can get there as fast as possible. I, like no, that, I think the other... Oh, go ahead, Bill. Well, I just love that 880th is, you know, you're still not even the worst player in the room. Well, there was some drops. <laughs> John, uh, the other thing they need for that is a cow catcher so that they can part you know, <laughs> the nerd sea, so to speak. You know, otherwise, it's going to be really difficult to get back to those back tables quickly. That's, that's what the siren's for. The siren and the light is to, to get through and really just mess with people's audios when they're live streaming their games. Um, <laughs> it's an authentic police siren at full volume. <laughs> No, it's the Ghostbuster siren. It's Echo oh, 1. Yeah. It's like, meh, meh. It doesn't annoy at all. Uh, but moving aside from that, ultimately, it was the Taylor Swift terrorist himself, Matt oh, Laura, that came out on top with his Necrons, uh, with Aldari rounding at the top three in second and third, and our very own executive producer, Nick Horton, coming in with a respectable four and two, forcing Look me to that. realize I should Good have job, probably done, uh, I should probably have done that at Team Grim After Dark for a while now. But what a trendsetter. That, um, good job, Nick. That win-loss split is also Heffelfinger-Ian uh, in the sense that loss, win-win, loss, win-win. I mean, just as soon as you're hitting that, that uh, you know, above-average competition, take a nice high-pointed L. <laughs> get back down to where you can, you can, uh, you can take some scalps <laughs> and, uh, and get yourself a respectable record. I think that is, that is something to be proud of. He just went submarine both yeah. days, didn't he? But I went out... Nice my best one. LVO run, my favorite LVO run was LL. Win, 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 win. That was a good one. That is a good one. That is. Uh, guys, thoughts on the top three? Well, Folger Piles is not a real name, is it? It is it's a, a medical name. condition. <laughs> <laughs> that was the coffee. I, oh. Folger Piles is a fan. Okay, if, it's not, if it is a real name, it is a fantastic name. That, I, I mean, he should have won this event based entirely on the name on his name that's fair i like that laura's not undefeated oh yeah, yeah that total drop in there huh yeah um Danny yeah, so he defeated in back-to-back number three and number two here um so uh i think the the nid game seemed a little bit closer than the eldar game the eldar game seemed like it was maybe immediately over yeah yeah um danny this year was kind of a big one for Alvio in the fact that there was a lot of, for one of a better word, names uh, missing. Um, a lot of people from the UK didn't make it over. A lot of the higher ITC guys made it over. What do you make of that? Um, I think there's probably an undercurrent of dissatisf- dissatisfaction with uh, frontline events. I think you can see oh. that in some of the posts from some of these guys, which is which is pretty surprising considering these were kind of like benchmark events for um like forever for competitive 40k so i think it just speaks to maybe i i know that it's really difficult to do but maybe a, a need to look at what are the things that drive competitive players to actually come to events and i think the answer to that is really it's heavily based on terrain mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and then nurgle man chatting is now folger is very real you won the 80 player o- ohio oh, gt cool. <laughs> Well, no, I'm not saying Folger isn't real. I'm just saying, as a man who goes by Val Heffelfinger on the internet, I, you know, game recognized game Folger Piles is just wow. a fantastic name, um, and perhaps my next alias, um, <laughs> Folger Piles. By the way, just three Age of Sigmar players in the trench coat. <laughs> 
Um, I would like to ask, I mean, dovetailing on that, the, uh, you know, the, the lack of the, of some of the, the bigger tier players, uh, who won the ITC? Well, I have answered if you guys need it. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Oh, yeah. uh, Manny Chima. Manny oh. Chima. Great so player. we have the I first ITC champ, uh, without attending the LVO. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Why don't you know how you feel? Man, shipping's <laughs> going to be a bitch to send that trophy to him, though. They did Rose announce two, and I don't know if we're... Or do you have a segment about the ITC, John? Uh, a little bit about it. Okay, well, I'll yeah. wait for that then. We'll, we'll, I, won't, I won't interject. I no, uh, well, we, we can move on. Matt Laura won with Necrons. He had a monolith. Congratulations, Matt Laura, by yeah, the way. I guess it good. behooves us to say that. Um, I well, was there when uh, when when uh, Secret beat him on top table. Um yep. And uh, made a small mistake in his game plan by leaving a monolith-sized hole in his deployment zone. Uh, yeah. Hmm. So what happened? <laughs> so uh, Folger left. Necrons. This particular detachment has a three-inch deep strike stratagem, huh. which you can deep strike the monolith. So he pulled the monolith off the table and then spent one command point and deep struck it into this hole in the in like the back corner of his deployment zone. Mm-hmm. And then teleported a unit of immortals through it as well onto uh, like onto the home objective. <laughs> so it was like instant, like okay, well now you have to deal with all of this shit in your backfield. Uh, and I'm just gonna run the table. Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna kill a bunch of stuff back here too because it's easy. So oopsie doopsie. As a Necron player, how horny did that make you? Not at all, man. Look, I've been taking a mon. Look, so ironically enough, the, the <laughs> year that Siegler beat Laura was the year that I took a monolith to the to LVO. Yeah, for uh, a little bit less good results. <laughs> <laughs> different time. It was a different time. The results aren't time. important. The recipe is what matters. And the fact is, you're a trendsetter and taking yeah. a monolith. I've always been a monolith, man. You have for life, baby. That, Who doesn't that, want to bring a floating pyramid? Seriously. Honestly, I bought mine four or five months ago before it was cool, mainly because Danny wouldn't shut up about how cool they were. Um, <laughs> and I finally assembled great. it on Sunday for some reason. I have no idea why. <laughs> these chase, things sort of happen chase those uh, meta dreams johnny <laughs> <laughs> by the time i get to play in a game uh they'll be shit again uh nice. but my favorite part of lvo was this tyranid list uh which had just the best names it was called more afraid of you than you are of it um also known as Oh, yeah. Please don't put purge the foe in the mission pack. It undoes a lot of balance in the game because certain <laughs> armies should have a harder time scoring primary. That has nothing to do with the army I am running. Also known as, turns out I can table a CSM list with this in the right circumstances. Very also rare. known as, the move block gives and the move block takes away. Also known as, I got it. You think this list is good, but you would never subject yourself to playing it. Sounds like a bad case of the wings wimps to me. Also known as WYSIWYG is a nightmare. My old Leviathan only came with flesh borers. Also known as Lord. Uh, look, I'd rather be playing ninth edition spore mind spam myself. Let's both take what we can get. Also known as cockroach euphoria. I wish there were more Easter eggs in list. This is fantastic. That is, yeah, no, that's fantastic. Uh, Danny, I'm assuming, and you can probably correct me on this, this man was probably running Gaunt spam. Like yeah. hundreds and hundreds of Gaunt. Yeah, uh, Gaunt sure. and gargoyles. Yeah, lots of gargoyles. Yep. Uh, that poor man's back. He deserves all of the little titles. Yeah. Um, but 
Along those lines, Danny, Val, uh, what's a similar name for your last 40K army that you could give akin to this naming scheme? All I can think of when I see this is the first GT winning orc list from 8th edition, which featured an army list and a Godzilla. Well, it was a penis, veiny penis shaped Godzilla stomping through uh, a uh, a destroyed city. Um, so Vaney, Vaney, penis-shaped Godzilla? Yeah. Uh, that be my list name. A.K.A. Weeping Resin, as Spigoth just would not stop crying. <laughs> Danny. Yeah, I guess it'd probably be like Star God Gala or something like that, just with the amount of Satan that I'm going to be running here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A.K.A. the Matt Gala. You're a fancy <laughs> bitch. <laughs> oh, but... Uh, there wasn't just gaming. There was also reveals there. And Ooh. I picked a couple of the slides uh, with some of the more 40K-centric things here. Starting off with these guys here, uh, the beautiful new crew. Hey, um, yeah. So awesome. They look Who awesome. needs a new army when we can just create a sub-faction via detachment rules? Yeah. What's our thoughts here on the brand new crew? So good. A plus. I think they really captured good movement here. I think that like the up the upgrade to Crudox is particularly good. And I'm really excited to see the kits that we haven't seen yet. Like, cause they're going to be probably very different than anything we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. These, are, yeah. these are the, re, these are the, uh, the refreshes to some like real, real like gem, uh, gem models from, from back in the day. I, I do I, uh, not to be a naysayer because huh? I love these models are awesome, but I am going to naysay a little bit, which Uh-oh. do we feel that like maybe the, like, idea of Tau as being like the sort of multi-faction coalition type army kind of and it has sailed a little bit like you know, that, that feel that felt like a very strong theme of theirs for a long time but they've Tau just exists so so completely as just Tau battle suits that mm-hmm. kind of thing the auxiliaries like long ago kind of passed out of out of sort of the Danny, the, the zeitgeist of Tau like does this um, does this still feel like Tau like the crew yeah. still feel like uh, they have a place Danny, I mean, how much a lot of crude for competitive tau lists, especially crude hounds and stuff crude like hounds, that, really yeah. good action monkeys. Um, I was going to say, Bob, Bob, jumping off what Val said, how much of it comes down to the fact that a lot of the crude units just aren't as effective as other things that you could take? Uh, like, goes down to kind of the the crew going more the, the idea I'm of the yeah. going away. I'm talking like thematically, like like tau tau oh. feels like the less about like what's actually used because like Vespids every now and again. Re- for some reason, get trotted out, right? Like, so, like, um, you know, there's all kinds of, like, the auxiliaries are still there. They just feel like they've been, like, really in the kind of background for so long that, I don't know, like, crew are, like, forcing their way back into the front of the stage. Like, hey, we're still here. We're relevant. (laughs) We're carnivores. (laughs) Guys, they they said this was about half of the new crew sets that are coming out over the next few months. Uh, What other kind of crew units are you expecting to see? Some great forge world stuff. Yeah, some oh, yeah, Narlocks. Really good. Yeah. Be pretty cool. So um, classic versions of the forge world kits. Yeah, I, I would prefer actually the smaller riders, I think, over the like the giant one, but the giant one would be cool too. It'd be neat to see that on the table again. Just freaking dinosaur. Do I mean gonna, do you think they're just gonna do crude or if they are they gonna do like battle suits, like new upgraded like Yavara or something like that? This that like, suit can burn in a fire and die. <laughs> no, I believe if a Yavar is involved, you burn in the fire and die. Yeah, that's, John. that's true. 
It was several editions ago, but I still have such a harboring resentment. That yeah. Out of a sudden, every everyone in Alaska played Tau, and everyone in Alaska <laughs> had like three Yavaras, like out of nowhere. Dude, I love that. I Yavara. remember like the first Battlezone Ursa that we did, and like I played four of those things in like wow. six games. The, yeah. the smell of diesel in that hobby room. I was about to say. <laughs> smell of bullshit is what it is. No, I beat them all, but like still. It sucked. Uh, the Avar yeah. was so much fun, John. Come on. It was awesome. So good. It was unbelievably powerful. That flamer was the stupidest thing in the <laughs> yeah. entire game. Goddamn uh, delight. I played Orcs and Terrans <laughs> at the time, so it was the stupidest thing in the entire world. Um, also revealed is uh, Kill Team Nightmare at Games Workshop's continual, oh. uh, continual mission to release the coolest models in a way that no one can get them uh, for a game system that a lot of people don't play. Uh, Danny, I wonder about uh, that. Continuing a trend of the last three months' releases, this one's, re- <laughs> this one's something you're very excited for. Oh my God. Look at this. It's got, it's got my boys, got Night Lords. The Mandrake models are fantastic. They're wild. Um, the Mandrake on the cover look like it's pointing to his junk. <laughs> I'm touching myself right now. You just can't see. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, okay. there goes the monetization. Yeah. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Beautiful. What do you guys think of the, the kill team release strategy uh, where we're getting a lot of really cool. So I started with the, um, the Krieg and the commandos with orcs getting these special boxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we have kind of uh, the Drukhari and night Lords getting stuff through the special boxes. Danny, what's your thoughts on this release strategy of rather than kind of like a, a big limited edition box, like we're seeing with the crew stuff being released in a multi-faction set like this kill team. Crew started this way. Yeah. That's true. They did get a box. The Farstalker Kindred got... Wow. Uh, you remember the, the name uh, of the box. Breachers. The <laughs> Breachers. I got a box of those at LVO. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I gave I gave all my Navy Breachers to Kicker because he was like shaking people down for Navy Breachers. Hey, that really? Yeah. Oh. yeah. yeah. I'm like, I don't care. I'm not going to play kill team. I think was my response. Um, yeah, it's, it's another fantastic set, but like I said, do you think this is the, the right thing to do with these here or would you rather they released either by themselves or as yeah, part I mean, of like a bigger box? Of course it would be better if they just released them by themselves, John. Like, I mean, clearly that would be, that would be the move that's the most beneficial to us, but for games workshop, this is the business move. I think you release it in this FOMO box and then you kind of wait to re- a couple months and then release them individually down the line and you've generated two instances of hype for these particular miniatures. Yeah. I, think, I think too, like, because I'm a guy who um, aggressively shits on a lot of uh, things GW does and um, I, I would say that it's not necessarily a bad thing to have some of your most evocative dynamic models debut in Kill Team like, like they are Commandos, for example, because in Kill Team, your individual models are just so evocative and you know tuned and unique and you know there it's a much tighter thing and it's much more accessible that your most exciting stuff coming out in kill team first to what is probably something that is used to onboard new people into the hobby it's just such a such an easier bite uh to take and is also i do think played quite a bit i know there's a local gaming club here in toronto um that has a very big uh sort of kill team segment to it might just not be something that we're super aware of as like you know, big army, um, you know, 40K people or formerly so. Um, but like, yeah, I think I, I don't, I, 
I, I, I definitely see the, the benefit to them of going this way. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, that was all the real 40K related uh, releases that came out of LVO. Uh, but another giant announcement came out of there. And that announcement was Games Workshop is taking over the international tournament circuit, uh, which this uh, very, <laughs> this very subtly, subtly uh, decorated slide. Uh, someone was asking, when did it change? Val, you had the answer for this earlier. When did it change from independent to international? I would say somewhere around 2018. That was a while ago. Yeah. Would have been, would so uh, let's actually, let's actually do the math here. 2017 was eighth edition. So it's probably right around 2017. So it was when so, they, uh, I believe when they started to have closer ties, um, uh, recent Frankie were playtesters. Um, and, uh, you know, as were, as were all of the head TOs of all the significant North American events. Um, and I think at that point, uh, I think they, they, they very quietly changed it from <laughs> independent to international. Um, yeah. I, I personally only noticed years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but with this, GW announced that whoever won the international tournament circuit every year would receive the grand prize of every Warhammer release for the next year. Uh, guys, what's your thoughts on that prize? That's wild. That's really cool, though. That's the prize. Yeah. That's the prize for the ITC now. My first question is, how much did the ITC prize get up to? It was never anything like wild. What was it? More than a thousand bucks? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was five grand. I think it's five grand. Did they hit ten grand? I feel like I wonder what every release would be. Well, what's great about this is you can it off as a marketing expense. So it doesn't even hit the same bottom line. It's, it's <clears> a great spend. Um, well, yeah, and also the per unit cost of an item that GW makes is probably in the single digit dollars, uh, if not less. <laughs> um, you know, uh, industrial scale is awesome. Um, yeah, I think, that, I think that's a pretty cool prize. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Terrible that's prize. an awesome prize. Uh, and probably, a, you know, probably, uh, you know, somewhere in there, you've gotten a, 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 a trip to, uh, to wherever their, their grand final is, um, you know, like that's adding some cachet to the, uh, to, to winning the ITC for sure. I'd still love to see a nice meaty cash prize, but Hey, don't. you know, what's great about this though, is the person who wins it most likely is a content creator who reviews product for GW. So really, they're saving a shitload of money by not having to send it out twice. Like, <laughs> well, that I would be so that. GW. Imagine that it goes to an NDA person, and, <laughs> and, then, and then they're like, uh, "Yeah, we're not going to be sending you review copies anymore." So Sorry. I think, honestly, I think I personally, not that I will ever win it, but I, I I'm not a fan of this prize uh, because this is similar. There was an old Twilight Zone episode uh, where he wanted to be alone so he could read his books. Uh, but then he broke his glasses and he couldn't read anymore and he became very sad. Yep. Imagine your pile of shame right now. Okay, we go to that as we can see our pile of shame. Imagine your pile of shame when it's every army, including the ones you don't care about. And it just, it won't stop coming. Uh, and the UPS yeah. man is just mad at you because every Friday he has to drop off like 40 pounds of boxes at your house. <laughs> your wife is like, where are we putting all of this shit? Uh, and it's just, it's just a stressful thing. Like imagine just, yeah, it just, it doesn't stop coming. 
I yeah. I mean, just cut out the middleman. Just give the cash equivalent, guys. Like, I mean, like that's that's what they they did for years on Prices Right, didn't they? I mean, I mean, like uh, you know, just give the cash equivalent. Like, I mean, it's got to be worth. That's got to be worth a, a, a not insignificant sum. Every single release GW drops in a year. Yeah. It's now the only guaranteed way to get a limited edition novel from Games Workshop. Those probably aren't in there. Wow. <laughs> I would love to see I would love to actually have a little look at the T's and C's and see exactly what they mean. Um, um, so what, what do you think this does? Um, Games Workshop announcing that they're running the ITC. Do you think anything changes from last year? Yeah. I don't know. I don't really think it's that big of a deal, right? Like, I mean, they they say that they've been running it. We'll see if they if there's follow through. Because, like, to be totally honest, I feel like I've known about this for a really long time. Two years. Um, it's yeah. Two years. And so, the fact that they're just now taking ownership of it, maybe I don't know. Maybe they were working on building infrastructure, but we'll see. I don't know how this is getting hosted or anything else. If it's going to continue to be BCP or if it's going to, they said that it's going to BCP. It's being like, that was, that was my biggest surprise was that it was being hosted on, uh, remaining to be hosted on BCP. And they're Um, now partners. So Reese is very excited about this then. Um, I will say the other interesting thing is they're talking about weighting different regions differently points wise. So some areas will be worth more points. Some countries will be worth less points. Um, which okay. brings my new favorite metagame. Let's all go to Norway to earn the most possible points from a tournament. I don't think that's a good idea at all. The Norwegians are famously good players, John. Yeah, that's why you would get more points for it because they were all good. And obviously, you wouldn't get more points because they would just beat your ass all day. No, last place is worth last place in Norway is worth the same as first place in America. If you're just always last place, the points will be better there. That makes sense. Yeah, my my take would be is that like I had just assumed that the ITC had been written off as vaporware, um, because of the fact that that like you know the it, it was being managed through the the events team for some time, and you know things things were not being adjusted or maintained or there's just no one with their hand on the till. So I think now that GW has you know stepped forward and said you know we're we're we we're we're going to be running with this, I think that. As cynical as I am, that is a base level exciting for a lot of people, and it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting for a lot of organizers um, uh, to have uh, GW's involvement uh, like that so directly in the tournament scene. I think one of the things about the ITC was that it did start out as independent, and it did have a tremendously awesome ground up um, uh, community feel to it. Um, there was no for example, and again, this is a this is a this is a knife that cuts both both ways. But you know, there 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 weren't standards that were enforced from the top, and I think there is opportunity to do a lot of good by standardizing the game more that GW could do that you know the ITC probably didn't do because they couldn't do it really. Like people just wouldn't listen. Um, but I know culturally that GW in the past has shown itself resistant to things like I don't know um, advanced floor rules for decorum and how you compose yourself during a game um for how the how like you know technically things should be handled chess clocks um all sorts of innovations in how the game is played at a competitive level collaboratively but competitively um i'm not sure gw has a good handle on and i don't see them using their power to enforce things that are relevant to tournament 40k per se so much as relevant to games workshops interests Mm -hmm. and 
that's that's the part that's the part that I mean obviously I'll reserve judgment until I see what they what they wind up doing with it uh what conditions they may add or not add maybe they sure. continue along with a very open participation rules like the ITC has always had um you know basically you just had to say you were an ITC event to be a part of the ITC if if that remains the case then I don't see I can't I, I don't see it as a as a negative I'm a bit sad too because Something like the LVO is likely no longer going to be the, the uh, you know the championship. Um, I don't know if that was announced. I guess it could probably be assumed that the Warhammer World Championships will now be the now be the end of 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 the the circuit. But we'll see. Um, yeah, Matt Laura did win a golden ticket for winning LVO. <clears throat> yeah, and so like, and again, none of that is necessarily a, a bad thing. I just I. You know, I came up and, and got passionate about this this hobby um, largely because of what the ITC was and why it got me excited and fired up. And I think that I think that um, despite GW taking this position, um, there's still hopefully uh, I thought I hope the community realizes there's still a need to have a community that is interested in competitive 40k for competitive 40k it doesn't that doesn't. GW's interests don't always jive with the players' interests, mm-hmm. and that's not a that's not a that's not an awful statement to make. It, that is just the way that's the way it is. So it's good to have moderating influences on both sides. It's great that GW uh, manages their games and provides rulings and all that kind of stuff. And I think it's also great that independent organizers, um, you know, provide forums to play this game that aren't entirely dictated by the company that makes it. So, you know, as long yeah. as we don't go back to the days of kill one, kill more, hold one, hold more. <laughs> hey, they can fun. do whatever they want. Yeah, it was fun for the first two years. And then the Nova missions became the ITC missions, and then the ITC missions became the GW missions. Hey, look at everyone in this room. You're all losers. <laughs> Speaking of which, scalpers are everywhere, uh, causing the web store to look like on Saturdays, um, but last week, uh, you want me to? Uh, you want me to go again there, Dicky? No, no. Hey, scalpers are everywhere, causing the <laughs> website to look like this on Saturdays. Uh, but last week, Games Workshop did something about it. Uh, you all remember Sly, this next one here from last week's episode uh, with one sole person buying sixty or so copies of the special edition of the End in the Death Part Three. Okay. Um, well. Uh, they're in trouble, as slide, the next slide shows, uh, as I'm reading uh, directions instead of anything else, with GW canceling scalper orders. Uh, and when the sun rose and people started logging on for their pre-order of the new Deathwing box, uh, scalpers were met with two awful messages, which are shown next, uh, where they were shown uh, what was up for pre-order and when, and then confronted with the bot's worst nightmare at CAPTCHA. Uh, (laughs) and then yesterday it was announced that they went through every single pre-order for the end in the death part three and canceled multiple orders Uh, and they're having a special re-release of it on the web store tomorrow morning i believe 4 p.m uk time uh part three so guys thoughts Uh on these changes these are changes they didn't have to do they had their money Hey, Danny, I've talked a lot about the ITC one. Do you have a, do you have a strong take on this one? No, not really. I don't honestly. really care. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I just like GW's yeah. web store team guys. <laughs> Look, like I get 
that it is a huge pain in the butt to want to order something and then not be able to get it because of scalpers. And I, I mean, I'm glad that they're implementing some policies to make sure that that doesn't happen quite as much, but also I, you know, I am a supporter of the free market economy a little bit. So like, you know, no people way, are allowed to do this, this stuff. Yeah. Are you going <laughs> to, for the people who genuinely want this for their shelf, it's, it is, it is, I guess, kind of a good thing, but I mean, how many books did they free up? I think, what did they say? 20% of the, of the run mm-hmm. went to, went so to scalpers. About 500. We're talking 500 books. So I probably, it's not going to satiate demand necessarily. I think, no. I think in the particular instance of a limited edition thing, which you covet and want to have because other people don't have it. Um, and a lot of these are just going to wind up on eBay anyway. They're yeah. just not going to be all from one person. Um, right. You know, like it's, it's in this very specific example, like they're getting lauded for like a massive win. When we look back to a week prior and you had a pre-order for a game that was anticipated for eight years and sold out pretty much worldwide and still hasn't been delivered pretty much worldwide, including in the UK. Uh, this was surprised me. I've been talking to friends in the UK who've picked up old world stuff um, where there was no blizzard, um, where they do not have snow. Um, and uh, it's and, been like and, negative four degrees all week over there. I'm just full of shit all the time. But <laughs> they've had storms. Okay, so well, they've had storms too. Okay, yeah. look, global warming is real. Is my point. <laughs> um, and. And besides that, they didn't hit demand on the stuff that's not supposed to be limited is basically what I'm trying to ramble to. And this, I think, provides a little cloud cover for other like bigger disappointments, like 500 more people getting the book. Sure, that's great. For those people, I look, when I want something bad, I want something bad. And I would rather have it than not have it. So great that people get another shot, but it's a drop in the bucket. I would just love for them to, you know, provide all the fun toys for the people who want them, you know? I think- the most important thing in this is they have said that orders made through a different page than that link to your location will not be fulfilled, which is another way that they're getting around the queue system. Yeah. Uh, so again, it's all positive things and it's all things they didn't have to do because at the end of the day, whether GW sells 500 books to two people or 500 people, mm-hmm. they get the same amount of cash. Yeah. Um, so it's good to see. And, uh, and in death part three is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buy it now when it's not sold out everywhere. Make, make more stuff. Make more stuff. Yeah, limited edition. Let's just break down Abner's hand and have him sign ten thousand. <laughs> hey, hey, I have now uh, anyway. It's over. There's no more heresy. And that, that's all, all. All that being said, ah, just gonna gonna represent my my limited edition privilege here because I have it. <laughs> Thank you. So sticky. Very, very nice. Very nice. Well, I can see why people were never going to read that book. Never going to read that book. No, no, I have it on audible already. <laughs> Let's uh, run through some very quick uh, around the nets. That's <laughs> 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 our most overused button. Uh, we're going to do this really quickly. Danny, starting with the classic, what are we looking at here? It appears to be some kind of an eight bound conversion. Mm-hmm. Is that supposed to be Dorn's head on it? Nope. Uh, okay. I think 
That's actually just Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa Claus? Yeah. You, how, that's how he gets around all of the world in one day is through the eight demons bound blood to rage. his soul. <laughs> and blood rage. Uh, yeah. So it's just an eight band that looks remarkably okay. Um, I yeah, been, he looks cool. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I model. like the head on him. It looks maybe a little normal. I'm just waiting yeah. for the shoe to drop. Are we going to like see a different perspective? And his like cock and balls are just hanging out of his power armor. Like was it behind the sword? Yeah. What's happening? What are you doing to us, John? Like this is obviously <laughs> something happening. I found an eight band that I didn't think was demonic enough and looked too much like Santa uh, for me to want to leave. Bob Johnson. He's uh, he's kind of indifferent, really. Yeah, it's Lionel Johnson after he falls to corn because that's yeah, the obvious that one for the Dork Angels. Uh, moving on, a Call of Duty data miner has discovered a surprise potential Warhammer 40,000 crossover. That's cool. Uh, guys, what would you put in a Warhammer themed Call of Duty pack? Hmm. Well, probably some skins. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't think you go quite so literal with that. <laughs> <laughs> just like that for I mean, the emperor expecting john like that's fair come on <laughs> that is um, absolutely fair uh moving on we have the best conspiracy <laughs> theory known to man he says theory games workshop released space dwarves not due to fandom demand but to make space marine players insecure <laughs> about their old armies forcing them to buy the new really primary right. Now it shows you that I think this is genius uh, by measuring an actual dwarf beside also a dwarf space marine. Um, Danny, is this an accurate theory yes. of marketing? Yeah, this is this Brilliant. is this is exactly their intention. Uh, <laughs> you can see it uh, just based on the models here. I mean, look at the evidence. The, you know, these numbers don't lie, John. Do your own research, people. I mean, yeah. obviously, uh, this is- YouTube. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, moving on. Uh, this one might offend some people here. Oh, oh my goodness. Um, but I left a name on it there because they fully deserve the, all of the attention. Um, he said, so I made a Nazi Germany Marine chapter. I was saying oh. about before the show here. My favorite part is they felt the need to uh, show the Wikipedia of what a Nazi flag was as if people were not aware. Um, Danny, why? I mean... <laughs> Look, John, some people are, you know, sheltered. They don't know that maybe this is an offensive symbol. Um, They're worried that uh, maybe they're reading into it too much. Maybe they'll look like an idiot if they think that this is a Nazi symbol. Look at Val's face. True, Val. I'm going to ask the same question to Val. Why? Well, he didn't want to be mistaken for a Buddhist. So you want to be very clear. You do. You don't want to be inadvertently associated with Buddhism um, and uh, Eastern philosophy. Uh, that's just a terrible look. Oh my um, gosh! Please don't associate me with peace. Only with homicidal Nazis. That is very clear. All I want. Yeah. Um, man, I hate it when fascists go up the hobby. It's just. It's just such a fucking shitty thing. And uh, fuck off with that. Someone at the table who plays this, just swear, make their experience awful. Just Mm -hmm. really, just be a jerk. Consider smashing their toys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Knock a water (laughs) cup into things. No one's going to call you on it. They're Nazis. Uh, Moving on. Unless you're playing at a Nazi Warhammer tournament, in which case could get awkward, guys. <laughs> Read the room first, but hopefully. <laughs> uh, next up here, and again, we're we're flying through. Jeez, this around here is upset all the time. What's going on? 
says uh, Dak Dakio on Twitter said, "I'd rather not see women at all portrayed in 40k." Lol. Wow. <laughs> that that well, does track, though. To be honest, I mean, yeah. pretty easy, pretty easy to achieve. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he said, "He, I just really don't like seeing women in combat roles. Period. They get Sisters of Battle, Silence, and whatnot." Uh, Danny, are you a fan of the Sisters of Whatnot? You know, the Sisters of Whatnot being the <laughs> chapter of the Adeptus Sortas has always wow. been kind of an interest to me. I've always kind of thought of maybe like making an army of them. You know, the Whatnot part really lets you craft your own lore. And I think that I, I really appreciate that about this. Yeah. Um, and then he goes on to say, it is absolutely idiotic to even see them in guard. Sure, in a pitiff where the world is at stake and everyone fights for total destruction. Totally unrealistic for regular guard to send women as soldiers for tribute. Person needs to like look into things. Wow. <laughs> That's true. He needs to look into things. There's many, many, many examples of, of I would women honestly in modern warfare like fighting. This person like compete against a female soldier and like physically and see how well they would just match up against them. Because oh, I know like this person is guaranteed before. 300 pounds. Yeah. Like, oh, the world's fastest arm bar that has ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> just like full a leg sweep take down arm bar uh, dislocated elbow and then by the way uh, chat uh, if you're watching this on YouTube uh, all of these names in blue are really good people to block on Twitter uh, <laughs> this is a heads up uh, we're gonna <laughs> can, can, we, can we just call out can we just call out here a blue check. I mean, that is uh, this is a this is definitely a blue check account. I, I did say right here. Uh, one of my questions was: Are you surprised that this opinion comes from someone who paid Elon Musk ten dollars a month for a blue check mark? I'm just surprised Elon didn't retweet it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, quite. Uh, moving on to slide twenty, uh, we're going to go through this real quick. Uh, because this is something I wanted to touch on last week before we, we go to our we got We got Nazis and misogyny. What else you got for us, John? Let's go. How about a little bit of uh, furry porn? Uh, go up a slide. All right. That's better. Way that's better. Not even equivocal. So what happened uh, is someone spent $50,000 on an animation of him and oh, Charlie yeah. from Hasbin Hotel having sex in a music no. Uh, some of it uh, you can see on screen right now. Obviously, not anything too explicit. Um, and then the the comment here is: When I look back on all the money I spent on Wonder Bread and deforestation art, which has lasted about two decades now, it likely doesn't even compare to like a drop in the bucket to what this dude spent on this animation. <laughs> and this this idea took over Grim Dank on Reddit by storm. Uh, with this next slide showing like the equivalency. Uh, would you rather spend $50,000 on one three-minute video of a cartoon version of you getting seduced by a fictional character with no actual not-safe-for-work screens or 23 40K-scale Warlord Titans? <laughs> I'm taking the video, dude. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Beautiful. Where am I, I going to put that many Titans, John? What do I have, like some kind of Titan cave? Dude, where are you going to put that video where your shame won't be found? <laughs> a lot of places. On a partition on my hard drive, John. Exactly, where all the rest of it is. You're not going to be in school forever, Danny. Can't have a homework folder that Casey's not going to find. <laughs> <laughs> the joke's I mean, on you. I absolutely can. <laughs> I mean, you're going, to want, you're going to want some cold storage, like probably a thumb drive, I would think. Yeah, uh, yeah that's know, probably a good idea. You know, something like that. Um, but also, I'm, just some food for thought here. Do we feel like 23 Warlord Titans for 50 grand feels like a lot or a little? 
it feels so like many. a lot. It feels like a lot. It feels like yeah, we get a lot, a lot of Warhammer Titans for 50 grand. Like suddenly, maybe GW's missed something here. We they should the be selling them point. as as 23 packs 23 because packs. because that that feels like that almost feels like a deal. You know, like as a one-off, you know, it you know, it doesn't maybe feel as good, but if you're getting 23 for 50 grand, I mean, that's starting to balance out a little bit. It's a subscription service, so you pay your 50 grand up front and then once every 2 months you get a new Warlord Titan and the horrible cycle of having to clean and build and paint it repeats. God, <laughs> that is that is a that is a 40k Sisyphus right uh, there. Though the the meme that caught my attention the most from this was this <laughs> next one, uh, where we have the Chad saying, "Yes, I did spend fifty thousand pounds so an animator could create a video of Angron and me going on a romantic date." <laughs> Uh, my question for for Dicky Val and Danny oh. is: Please describe your romantic date with Angron that you would spend fifty grand on an animator to animate. Huh? I mean, Dicky, I'm sure you'd, I'm surprised you don't have this one queued up, ready no, to go. I think you'd have a script ready to go. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. I guess you would just be killing things with them, right? Like that's what you'd be doing. Here's the question. Would it be pre-heresy Angron or after the change Angron? Oh, so you, I mean, that's up to you, buddy. babe. Yeah. Up this is your, your fantasy. fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your fantasy. Would you rather sleep with pre-heresy Angron or post-heresy Angron? Oh, pre. Pre. 100%. Oh, so when he first turns into the Demon Prince, you pervert. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, sure. Whatever. <laughs> Sean, could I mean, you have answered that question in any way that would have pleased you? No. Uh, no, most like uh, he couldn't please Angron on a romantic. Oh, date. Like, he would no. be very. I mean, what if? What if? What, if, what about even just like a like a, a a platonic like like bro date? Like you know, what 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 would be your like your your, uh, your dream afternoon with with Angron? with with Angron? Yeah, you know, we'd, we'd stop and get some donuts. I mean, that's and... what we do together. Oh right, right. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Angron like donut? I think he already knows how to take a, an angry man out for a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta feed him. You gotta feed him, buddy. Get some oh. food in that belly. But the crash. Think about the crash, though, Dicky. I mean, like, what, yeah. once those donuts leave, start leaving him system, he's gonna be a little bit, you know, even he'll be more angrony. You gotta That's know right. when to leave. You gotta know when to go. That's fair. That's fair. beautiful. Danny, anything you want to throw in here before we go to our brand new game? John, I'm ready to play a game. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell, tell yeah. you what. Dick, you won't even tell you the right slide this time. Go to slide 27 for our brand oh, new game. That's my lucky number. Twenty-seven club. Here we go. Woo. This is new. Okay. It is new. <laughs> I thought it was called Century Club, Val. You guys only do 27 in Canada. It's time for the subject of the comment from the YouTube comment section is redacted. Oh, I didn't have time to do a new logo edition. <laughs> okay. Very professionally put together. Greetings, everyone. Get ready to test your encyclopedic knowledge of obscure battle reports, painting tutorials, lore explanations, and more in the YouTube video. This comment is attached to is redacted, and I didn't have enough time to make a graphic. Uh, in this trial, yep. I will display comments selected randomly from a, across the vast Warhammer 40,000 YouTube landscape. Your mission. Analyze the quote and correctly identify which specific video it appeared under uh, from a choice of three. Okay. Uh, these comments come from battle scenes, hobby guides, speculative lore. Uh, can you guys channel the machine spirit and digitally discern their source? Mm. Let's see. 
that's a hard cut in the music there. Uh, starting off first, the common is cuss does. Uh, one does not affect. Dick, <laughs> you go up a slide. Oh, sorry, sorry. You're killing me here. Uh, cuss does. One does not affect all units in the book since they don't have an actual book just yet. Sisters of Silence get nothing, not warlord traits, strats, or any spe special rules, really. Did this come from Hellstorm? Might be suffering from success. Why the Adeptus Mechanicus Codex disappoints you? Did it come from the Art of War Down Unders episode, End of Your Faction Ladder? Or did it come from the Tabletop Titans Battle Report, Custodes versus Sisters? And I believe you have yeah. the, the field here. John, I think this comment was written by the guy that we had the slide from earlier who didn't want to see women in war. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think it's the Custodes versus Sisters Warhammer 40k battle report. Okay. Val. Now, as a guy who posted a uh, tournament format today to the internet and received comments such as, where do I get movement trace? Um, I can see how this could be a non sequitur. Um, so I'm going to go suffering from success. Suffering from success. The correct answer, Dickie, is. Oh, oh, wow. Why the Adeptus Mechanicus the Codex disappoints you. Oh. Beautiful. Next up. 40 chess. <laughs> uh, next up in Val, you're going to be guessing first here. We have kind of Star Wars style. Did that come from the Warhammer 40,000 Space Marine 2 extended gameplay trailer? The five meme lists for Warhammer 40k you should never build or the hunt begins Warhammer 40,000 revealing the crew. Kind of Star Wars style. I'm going crew reveal. Oh. Crew reveal. Oh. Wow. Danny? Space Marine. Space Marine. Uh, let me go and actually edit the screen down here. Uh, perfect. The actual answer was, in fact, the crew <laughs> reveal. <laughs> what? I'm slumming those YouTube comments, Danny. Let's go. We, we found <laughs> Val's superpower is Val, off topic of YouTube comments. Knowing about comments. what stupid people are talking about, I guess. <laughs> oh. Man, I could be doing so many other things. Next up, uh, we have this guy. It's a masterpiece. It's so different from what I'm used to play. 1,000 out of 10. Oh, man. Did this come from uh, Warhammer 40k? Dark Tide is absolutely insanity now. Or Warhammer the Old World. Finally, here does it live up to the hype or how to play Blood Bowl? Val, <laughs> it's a masterpiece. It's so different from I'm used to play. One thousand out of ten. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, I'm gonna go with how to play. The how to play Blood Bowl. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. Okay, Danny. Really uh, I'm going to go with Warhammer the Old World finally here. Does it live up? Oh. Interesting. Danny wrote this comment, so that's why I know. Yeah, absolutely. I will say the answer is <laughs> oh. Warhammer 40k Dark Tide is absolute insanity now. Okay. I'm glad to hear that if Dark Tide finally got his shit together. Uh, that'd be great. It's a pretty fun game. I don't know. I really like the visuals on it. I thought it really kind of represented is really great as well. Oh, yeah, it was very pretty. I'm glad the game is more fun. I definitely yep. consumed more like Dark Tide like content than actual like gameplay. So 
And a lot of that was people being upset about the early release. So it'd be nice if they got on their feet. True. Yeah. Uh, our last option for today. So sorry this has to end so soon. Um, but it, <laughs> it is great content. I really appreciate the data being provided. Interesting to see the trends shifting. Thank you. Was that every Warhammer 40k starter set plus launch box ranked? Was that the LGT's Lucky 7 top 7 Tau strength and how to play around them with Kyle Grundy? Or LVO huge reveals, hopes, and predictions? Back to you, Val. Ranking the 40k launch boxes. Really? All right. Okay. Danny? Mm, uh, LGT. LGT. And the answer is. Oh! Ranking the 40K launch boxes. <laughs> Unbelievable, dude. He's on fire. Evaluate a savant uh, for just really random comments. <laughs> no place. Unbelievable. In a comment section. Guys, I've been on a cold comments lately. I've been on a I've been on a cold streak lately, uh, and I just want to I just want to thank you all for for being here. It's it's uh, you know, Danny, you've been dominant for a long run, and uh, all I have feels to good to be back on top. Really change the game. It's pretty epic. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that, that was everything, uh, guys. Pl- plug your stuff, and let's get going. Plug your stuff. Okay. Starting let's with Danny. <laughs> Um, if you want to listen to some stuff about the old world, uh, myself, uh, Peter, the Falcon, uh, Colosimo and Adam, uh, <laughs> Adam, oh, the uh, lover, fresh meat Camilleri. Oh, um, that's old meat. Salted meat. It's been around. <laughs> it's been around. His sun dried in the, in you, the have to op- you have to time. open a barrel to get that meat. <laughs> Adam, and it smells like Camilleri. And <laughs> like an old full barrel full of meat. Anyway, check us out on uh, whenever our podcast released that old world charm. Mm. Um, hopefully we'll have like a more standard release schedule once we kind of get in the groove of things. Dickie. So no, it's uh, not yeah. Me. Oh, sorry. Turns out Dickie said and no. Dickie. Yeah. Check out Dickie too. He's in the, he's going to be on the next episode actually. He's in it. Yeah. He's you too, Dickie. No, I'm not, I, I'm not in it yet. Uh, and to decay. Well, I am a patron of of that old world charm, and I am looking forward to listening to my paywalled content immediately following the show as I drift off to sleep. Um, so I am a big fan of the old world charm. It's a fantastic show, great vibes. So I'm plugging that. Also, a little show I appear on once a week, every Tuesday. It's called Grim After Dark. It's a 40k late night show. Wow, <laughs> wrong show, Val. You're on the, the Grim After Dark night. You should plug He doesn't even know where he is. Uh, well, I was up at five o'clock in the morning recording square based. So uh, uh, I'm tired, 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 boys. Uh, yeah. And I don't I don't have another podcast to promote because I'm a one podcast man. It's how I can get all of these <laughs> wow. okay. monoliths. Yeah, that'll do it. Glory hole monolith. Glory hole monolith. Look, <laughs> see the chair. Um, anyway, uh, thank you everyone for joining us here in Grim After Dark. You can find all of our socials and way to support us at GrimAfterDark.com. And we will be back next Tuesday, live at 10 p.m. Eastern-ish. And if you enjoyed yourself, check out our back catalog on YouTube. Uh, and remember, when your life feels like a never-ending siege and things can get any worse, join us here and remember that it's always grim after dark. 
time to step into the grim darkness with nerds gather talking warhammer madness grim after dark the podcast with the hosts john danny and val but they're not the most claiming to be experts but it's all a facade talking about battles and dice rolls they're all odd trying to sound cool with their warhammer talk but i'm here to expose it's all just squawk nerds nerds everywhere i see talking warhammer this like it's a decree but let me tell you homie it is all just a game in the real world homie we are not the same so put down the dice step out of the dog it's time to live life nerd make your own mark grim after dark the nerds playground talking warhammer this acting all profound but when i listen it's all just a bunch of noise i love roasting nerds and their stupid ass toys stupid ass toys i want to grab them put my hands around the neck squeeze squeeze warhammer squeeze until they can't breathe or breathe again Tell a friend, tell a friend, I'm out here roasting nerds again. <laughs>